0: Talk Radio. Hey, folks, this is Troy Dooley, the host of The Beachside CEO. And I tell you what, I hope you guys are rocking it out today. Because this is the closer and closer we get towards uh, not just Christmas, all the, all the holidays that are there, the closer that we get to the New Year's, you truly should be focusing in on what it is you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to be going. You know this is the stuff that that truly it truly sets us apart on where we're going and what we're doing for the new year, and to me, it's exciting, it really is because I get to be a part of something I get to be part of something in my own life, part of something in people's lives. I get to model what other people are doing. I was listening to Randy Gage yesterday uh talking about his new book and talking about taking the journey, and I thought, man, this is powerful. I just got a brand-new guest blog post coming in from Tom Haupt, my my personal mentor. He's in Australia with his beautiful bride, Melissa, and they're celebrating Christmas with her family because she's Australian. And he said, Troy, this is a great blog post. It needs to get out. People need to be focused. I was on the phone with Richard Brooke talking to him. I mean, this is modeling the way, and as you can tell, that's Chapter 13. That's what we're in. John Maxwell's book, The Fifteen Invaluable Laws of Growth, Live Them. And reach your full potential. The law of modeling. It's hard to improve when you have no one but yourself to follow. That's a tough one. You know, and and you got to dig in. You got to think about that. John writes this. He says the most important personal growth phrase that you'll ever hear as a good leader is to say, "Follow me." Now, that's pretty that's pretty important a good leader says to, say to you follow me see the concept here is to look at what others done and sometimes we hear this from our parents you know they'll say look at me look at what i've done look at my mistakes or look at my successes and i think that's what we have to do if we if we go back to the law of intentionality which was i think the very first one John talks about the fact that in 1972, he had searched unsuccessfully for people with growth plans, and then he found Kurt Kantmeyer So I think that what we've got to do today is realize, first and foremost, there's plenty of things that you can look at, plenty of people you can follow, books, CDs, the Internet. I mean there are so many different delivery mechanisms of information that there's no reason that you can't do this. I used to invest hours listening to Tony Robbins, Dennis Waitley, Brian Tracy, just in my car. In cassette. I'd wear out cassette tapes. I used to listen to Art Williams so much my kids could actually tell you verbatim what each CD said. What you've got to do now is figure out what areas of strength do you need to grow in mine like maxwell it's probably because i follow him our leadership relationships and communication i'm constantly trying to better myself constantly trying to become that that person that i believe i need to be i'm at a crossroads right now you know i'm going into the new year and i'm saying okay what do i need to take off my plate what do i need to add to my plate i've had two different business opportunities come my way one is to to team up with a former a uh, competitor of mine to work on a, a beautiful mobile app that would would really be cutting edge and breaking uh, all types of of spectrums just in the network marketing community, and we 're looking at that and to see how we can feed my news and my articles into that' It'd be a great time i 've had an equity firm contact me and said troy we don 't know how we want to work with you, but two thousand and thirteen we want to team up we want to we want to use your services to help us know how to better invest in network marketing companies to find quality talent for network marketing companies, et cetera, et cetera see this is pretty powerful when you think about it because we're all at that point, so what i'm doing is i'm modeling i'm looking at what others have done before me to figure out what's best for me and my family and and Lord knows I'm praying daily I'm building an organization with the company i'm I'm loving the community you know I've got a travel schedule already lined up for the first quarter of this year that or two thousand thirteen that's that's a It's a stronger travel schedule than I've had in years. and I, uh, These are the things that we have to look at. We've got to work on. So I'm looking out there. I'm looking for people that I can model. I have to find models who are ahead of me, who who have learned how to balance their lives, who, who can do it. Now, I've looked at some, and I said, oh, I don't like that. That's way too much business over family. I found others that have put family just about above everything they've done and in that case there now they're hurting financially i don't think i don't think that's any better than putting business ahead of, i mean there's got to be a happy medium does it mean you're always balanced no but it means i need to model somebody that's been able to make it through and weather these storms so who do you follow i mean that that's i think that's a question i maybe the only question who do we follow if you follow only yourself you might find yourself going in circles. I mean, that would be a rough one, wouldn't it? So we got to dig deep. John writes something here that I thought was good. He said, I smile every time I think about the two derelicts sunning themselves on a park bench. The first guy smiled and looked over and said, The reason I'm here is because I refuse to listen to anybody. I'm just soaking up the sun. The other derelict looked over at him and he said, Well, the reason I'm here is because I listen to everyone, and now I'm just soaking up the sun. And See, that's where it gets hard, really gets hard. Either we listen to no one or we listen to too many people. King Solomon said that it's wise to have a council. So I have a handful of people, Bob Bodine calls them your who, who I chat with, who I talk to, who I listen to. And then I always come back to sliding my hand inside my best friend's hand and my lifelong partner and saying, what do you think, honey? And sometimes she says, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll just keep praying for you to get an answer. At other times she says, I think this is what we should do. And what I've learned Of modeling is that the one thing I try my best to do is model the relationship that my wife has with the Lord. She seems to have this inside track sometimes, so I listen and I hear. Here's what you need to look for, I think, in a good mentor. I do my best to be this kind of person to people that come to me, and this is what I look for in other people. Understand John wrote this in this chapter, but he's been teaching this through all of his books for years and I adapt it. I've got CDs and presentations and documents and and years, thirteen years of notes. John's able to sum it up in a chapter. Number one, a good mentor is a worthy example. We've heard it all our lives. We come like we become like the people we admire and model. In other words, you become like the people you hang out with most. You want a mentor that not only displays professional excellence, professes per, 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 not professors, listen to me, possesses the skills and the talents that you're looking to model, but they also demonstrate character. See, there's all kinds of mentors. Adolf Hitler had great mentors. Stalin had great mentors. Um, the Taliban leaders all have great mentors. See, we can go on and on and on. They must demonstrate character worth emulating and This is another thing. you may be in a position of influence, and you may say to yourself well troy i'm not a i'm not I'm not wanting to be a mentor. I see this a lot with athletes and celebrities. Dennis Rodman, who publicly was a scoundrel in some people's eyes, I had the privilege of hanging out with some people that knew him personally. And they said, Troy, there's no doubt that on the on the floor he learned something from Madonna when they were dating, and that's to be as extreme as you can because it draws attention to you. They said, but you ought to see him when he gets down and he starts hanging with kids and he really starts loving on those kids. It's a whole different Dennis Rodman. I thought, wow, that's interesting. Because as a parent, I'm looking at his character, character traits in the public, and I'm saying, I wouldn't want him around my kid. So a mentor has to be a worthy example. It's the only way to make that happen. Gordon B. Hinckley once wrote this. It is not wise or even possible to divorce private behavior from public leadership. Those... Though there are those who have gone to great length to suggest that this is is only a is the only possible view of enlightened individuals, they are wrong. they are deceived, by its very nature, true leadership carries with it the burden of being an example. Is it asking too much of any public officer elected by his or her constituents to stand tall and be a model before the people? Not only in the ordinary aspects of leadership, but in his or her behavior. If values aren't established and adhered to at the top, behavior down the ranks is seriously jeopardized and undermined. Indeed, in all organizations where such is the case, be it a family, a corporation, a society, or a nation, the values being neglected in time disappear. I believe we see that within our own nation. Over the last couple of weeks, we've seen some, some hellacious. Events take place. We can blame it on anything we want. At the end of the day, it's because people are modeling, for the most part, modeling the wrong leaders. And that's something that we have to think about. Something that we've got to take responsibility for. My 21 year old son, Dalton, has a very influential role in the tech and gaming community. Yesterday contacted some great CEOs who are writing up some statements for him to put on his blog. We're going to publish that today because of what's happened to the innocents that were killed last Friday and also some of the political debate that's coming out, blaming it on video games. I can remember through the years we've done this over and over. First we blame you know certain things on rock and roll or we blame things on guns. And, and I'm not going to rabbit trail this, but what I'm... What I'm trying to bring into focus here is that we model other people, and that's what we see in it, whether it's a positive or a negative. So as a leader, you have to have the right characteristics. The second thing that you want to do is a good mentor is available. Andrew Carnegie, the big steel magnate, American steel and a philanthropist like you wouldn't believe, he said this, As I grow older, I put less attention on what man, men say. I just watch what they do. I've been that way. Matter of fact, I'm that way so much it it causes some people massive frustrations with me. Because I'll be talking to somebody who who calls me as a prospect or calls me, telling me what they can do, asking me to find them a, a job in a corporation. And they start talking and talking and talking and talking about everything they've done. And I'll say, well, that all sounds good, but it's just talk what are you going to do if you go to this company, or what are you going to do on our team? I've had people who tell me how good they are. They give me their resume, and then they expect me to do all the work. And, and then when we, when we schedule time with people and I start talking to the other people, I realize they are attracting the people just like they are. And that can be good and bad. Harry Wilkes, who's one of my confidants, he's a mentor, he... I, I'm still young enough to be his son, although we probably act more like brothers, I think, at times. And, and Lord knows he's been a, a father sometimes, too. But as as I've watched him over the last three or four years as we've become closer and closer, one of the things that he is meticulous at is communication. Whether it's morning, night, in the middle of the day, he values time so So much that he also values my time automatically. If we have a conference call, a three-way with somebody, he is yet, in in three years, he is yet to bring somebody that's not qualified to that call. Matter of fact, it's probably just the opposite. Many times he brings people, and I get off the call, and I think, man, that dude's like freaking overqualified. And yet they have such an interest, and they have such a... I don't know what the word is I want to – I guess I'll put it this way. He has so much influence in them that when they say – when he says, I want you to meet somebody, they say when, and we do calls. It's amazing, and that's the difference from people that, that are out there who are available, and Harry's available for his team. I make myself available for my team. You have to be available if you're going to be a mentor. It's just the way it is. Now, that doesn't mean you don't schedule your time. It means that mentors have times that they schedule where people can ask questions and they can learn, and they can ask more questions themselves to their protege and learn. John writes this, teaching people what to do is easy. Showing them is much more difficult. He also writes the greatest piece of advice i can give in the area of availability is that when you are looking for a mentor don't shoot too high too soon that's another thing i've had people come to me and say i'd like for you to mentor me it's like okay how long have you been in network marketing a week yeah that's probably not going to work it's kind of like me wanting to go or 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 jetty it'd be like jetty trying to go to a black belt saying teach me karate and and this guy's like a 12th degree black belt on his way to being a, a gigantic sensei. You've got to learn the basics. Now, the interesting thing is Tony Robbins would disagree with John on this. He would say, no, go clear to the top, find the guy that's got the best, and just learn the, the highlights. Tim Ferriss believes that if you've ever read 4-Hour Workweek. But I believe John's got a very good point here. See, because when you mentor somebody... If we take this back to one of the books we read earlier of Ken Dunn's, we realize that being an apprentice means taking somebody under your wing and growing them, teaching them. And to do that, you've got to learn to lead yourself, which takes us back to one of John's other chapters where we talked about creating an environment where there's people following you and where you're following somebody else. So you've got to be available. Number three, a good mentor has proven experience. Now, this is big. I'm having a debate right now with some people. And they say, you know, people that train in network marketing should always be building a business. And I say, I'm not so I agree with that. I think people that train on how to build a business probably should be building the business. And I don't think I train anywhere on building a business. I do train on personal development itself. And because of that, I'm constantly in the development process of learning how to better myself, how to lead better. One of the things that we're going to talk on next week is the types of leadership, because not all leaders are the same, and that's good. But you do want to mentor with proven experience. When when Harry – I'm going to use Harry again as an example – when Harry came to me. And said, Troy, I gotta learn some stuff. I, I said, Well, you know what? One of the guys that I know is very, very good. Now you, personalities may not match, but he's good at sales. He's good at closing. He's good at building is Todd Falcone. I sent Harry over there and he said, Dude, that's just that dude great guy, but that's not my personality. I've had other people just love love him to death. When Harry and I started reading about Chet Holmes before he passed away you know, we started to say, okay, now this this guy's got it. I can I can learn. This is Troy, this is how I want to sell. This is how I've sold all my life. Well then great. Let's go read Chet's stuff, because I'm sure the heck never gonna be, be teaching you this. And we did Chet's whole book. The Ultimate sales machine. You know, we use Chet's stuff. I'm not gonna go teach it on my own. I'm that's not me. You wanna know how to lead a team? I can do that. You wanna know how to build a network marketing company? I can do that. You want to learn about social media, I can do that. You want to learn how to be a better father and a husband and a and, and, and a and a friend and all that, I can I can help you on that. When it comes to building a business, I've built a great organization several times without cross-recruiting. I've made more money. This is something that, that we've studied, and this is why I'm using it. I'll use my own example. I've made more money in network marketing than the average distributor ever will. But I'm not close to being in the top 2% matter of fact, Richard Brooke and I were talking about this. Because I told him, I said, you know what, last year was the greatest year that we had in almost a decade. And it was good to be back on top. It was good to finish the year strong. And he said, that's great, but you better be focusing on 2013 and where you're going to go. I thought, oh, man, he's always pushing me like that. But that's because he's been there before. He's been on the top, been on the bottom, been in between, been scraping it together. Rudy Giuliani wrote this. All leaders are influenced by those they admire. Reading about them and studying their traits inevitably allow an inspiring leader to develop his own leadership traits. Amen to that. Number four, a good mentor possesses wisdom. You notice John didn't say a good mentor possesses knowledge. Knowledge is so daggum easy to get these days. We got the internet. I mean, Harvard used to be just for the the rich and the smart people. Now you can go and you can read all kinds of stuff from Harvard University, from Yale, all the Ivy League schools. Listen to this. There's a well-known story of an expert who was called by a company to look at their manufacturing system. It was broken, and everything was at a standstill. When the expert arrived, he carried nothing but a little black bag. Silently, he walked around the equipment for a few minutes and then stopped. As he focused on one specific area of the equipment, he pulled a small hammer out of his bag, and he tapped gently. Suddenly, everything began running again, and he quickly left. The next day, he sent a bill that made the manager go ballistic. It was for a $1,000. Quickly, the manager emailed the expert and wrote, "I will not pay this outrageous bill without it being itemized and explained." Soon he received an invoice with the following words: For the tapping of the equipment with the hammer, $1. For knowing where to tap, $999 see the the value of wisdom is priceless there's a there's a myth that says knowledge is power i call it a myth because it should say wisdom is power having the knowledge and not acting on it which is what wisdom is is useless so you want a good mentor who possesses wisdom the reason I follow certain leaders, the reason that I do these these radio shows, the reason that I do the Home Business Radio Network, the reason I put hours and hours and hours and hours in of reporting is to provide that wisdom to others. John writes this, Wise people often use just a few words to help us learn and develop. They open our eyes to worlds that we may not have otherwise seen without their help. They help us to navigate difficult situations. They help us to see opportunities we would otherwise miss. They make us wiser than our years and in our experience. I have a team member on my team. Great couple. They called me up. They were wanting to, to join. Actually, they asked me about six different companies total, and. And then they asked me what I was doing, and I shared with them a little bit about mine. They hung up. They did some praying, and they called me back and said, we'd like to be on your team. And I said, well, let's make sure it's going to be a good fit. Uh, I love the company, but you may find other leaders and, and other personalities. No, 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 no. We don't want to do that. We want to be on your team. And I had a little catch in my spirit but you know, they said they prayed, and and I'm open, and and long story short, within a week, I could tell there was conflict that his personality was one where he had something that that was a lack of confidence, and and I'm 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 going to push you. I'm going to push you to go outside your comfort zone. I'm going to push you hard. I've been out of building a business for two years. I've not been out of building people. And within a week, Troy, I I want to go to somebody else. I want to do something else. You're not available for me. You're not there for me. You, you, you want to email, you want to text, it's, you know, well, that's usually true because I'm on the other phone because my phone is constantly ringing and I'm constantly helping people. You call me, we work. Whoever calls first, that's who gets it. That's why I try to schedule my time as tight as I can and way in advance. Not as far as in advance as John is, but way in advance. Long story short... Knowing that he needed somebody else, we were able to find somebody that would work with him that meets his personality, and now I fill in the gaps of when he needs something or wants something. It's beautiful, but it took wisdom to be able to make that work and know that, okay, I need to be the second, not the first. And when his other mentor called and said, Troy, I don't know about this, I said, dude, it's not about me, it's about him. Whatever we got to do, let's just do it. You want you, you know, I, I, whatever. See, that's what mentors do. Number five, a good mentor provides friendship and support. Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Do you care for me? Now, it took me a long time to realize I can still charge people for mentorship and love and care for them because my time is valuable. It's the one asset God gave me that I can't get back. So I better value it correctly. John says, good mentors provide friendship and support, unselfishly working to help you reach your potential. That's huge. James Vocolo, I think is how you say this. Great things happen whenever we stop seeing ourselves as God's gift to others and begin seeing others as God's gift to us. That's why I wear this bracelet that says, I am second. It's why I wear another bracelet that is very clear that says, act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. Because i got to be reminded of this every daggum day. You know, if we don't, then we can revert back into to a, to a to an old way of life. The wrong personalities can push us that way. So you've got to make sure that you're constantly focused on other people. If you're going to be a mentor, if you're looking for a mentor, you want somebody that's going to have a, a friendship. This gentleman and, and his wife that I was talking about, he called me up and he said, I need to apologize to you and ask your forgiveness. I said, for what? My behavior. I said, no, you don't. You did not offend me. There's nothing here. I'm going to push you beyond your comfort zone. And if you don't like it, you have the opportunity and the right to go somewhere else. I won't let you go Easy. But you have that right. See, good mentors love somebody enough that they're willing to push them. John shares a story about Francis Heselbein and, and Jim Collins. I always get Francis' name wrong. Both of them were mentored by Peter Drucker. And when Peter passed away, John had the opportunity of asking them what they had learned from him and their responses didn't their responses didn't focus on techniques or strategies. It focused on the friendship of the man more than anything else. Jim Collins told Maxwell this. But for me, Drucker's most important lesson cannot be found in any text or lecture, but in the example of his life. I made a personal pilgrimage to Claremont, California in ninety four, seeking wisdom from the greatest management thinker of our age and I came away feeling that I had met a compassionate and generous human being who almost as a side benefit was a prolific genius. We have lost not a guru on the pedestal, but a beloved professor who welcomed students in his modest home for warm and stimulating conversation. Peter Drucker was driven not by the desire to say something, but by the desire to learn something from every student he met. And that is why he became one of the most influential teachers most of us have ever known. I dream of, of one day when the good Lord takes me home, people talking about me as they do Peter Drucker. I've learned so much about management from Peter. I'm like everybody else. You learn. Number six, a good mentor is a coach who makes a difference in people's lives. And if you look at what coach means... It's interesting because it, it comes from the old, old English is where it actually comes from. It's like 15th century, and it, exactly what it means. They coach, it's driven, or draw something, carry somebody along, whatever. But it's funny because every culture has something. In Japan, it's called a sensei. In Sanskrit, it's called guru. In Tibet, it's called lima, lama. In Italy, a, mest, a mestro, mistro. In France, a tutor. In England, a guide. You need to be a coach to others if you're going to be a mentor. This has been a powerful day, guys. You've got to apply this to your life. Tomorrow, the law of expansion. I want you guys to have an awesome day. Live life like it's an epic adventure. Stay dangerous, stay strong. And if you're in network marketing, act like it. Bye now.